I don't care how experienced you are as a private investigator. When your son is holding a heavyweight Desert Eagle pistol on you and he's not smiling, it gets your attention. Is it loaded? I said. No fun if it's not, he said. I considered my options. I could rush him, but my desk was between us. I could sweet-talk him, but I wasn't in the mood and I didn't think he was either. You've got a plan to get away, I said. Not that you'd notice. I'm as shocked as you are to get this far. Coming as it did from a skinny teenager's body, his voice was surprisingly confident and strong. You need a plan if you're going to shoot someone, I said. I don't think you've thought this through. If I'd have thought this through, I wouldn't have come. I had to do it, like, on impulse. Impulsiveness isn't a good trait in someone holding a gun. And being mouthy isn't good for someone staring down its barrel. He had a point. I watched his eyes and gauged his breathing. There was no handshake, and he hadn't cracked a sweat. Two minutes previously, I'd been browsing through a copy of Uncut Magazine when he'd knocked and entered without invitation. A slim youth with dark hair wearing a green-hooded anorak over pale-washed jeans and scuffed Nike trainers. He'd checked that I was Sam Dyke, private investigator of this parish, then reached inside his anorak and pulled out the gun like an archaeologist with a rare find, holding it carefully but just tight enough to be secure. In that confident voice, he told me his name was Dan and asked whether I knew who he was. He was surprised when I said I did. Now he asked, Don't you want to know why I'm here? He waved the gun slightly, as though it might encourage curiosity. You'll tell me eventually. I'm more interested in how you found me. Never mind how, he said. The point is, I'm here, and you're there. I crossed my arms, and he took a step backwards. Go steady, he said. My office is square, with one door and one window looking out over the center of crew, and holds a desk, a leather seat for me, and two upright chairs for clients. I'd never had more than two clients in my office at one time. I didn't think I could take the excitement. So, let me get this straight, I said. I'm guessing you found out I'm your dad, and you think I'm responsible for your mother's death. You've never met either of us, and inside five minutes of tracking me down, you're willing to kill me. For the first time, I saw a cloud of doubt cross his face. Who said anything about killing you? he asked. I nodded at the gun. Unless I'm mistaken, that's not the new Nokia you're pointing at me. He looked at the handgun and was quiet for a moment. Then he said, You're just like I thought you'd be. How's that then? Cocky Yorkshireman. Showing how tough you are. Not really interested in me and what I'm doing here. Nice to meet you, Dad. Take a seat and we'll chat. How does a nice cup of tea sound? Don't take the piss. Then, 
How about telling me what you want before your gun arm gets tired and you shoot me by accident? You're beginning to look sleepy. This time he didn't say anything, but pulled up one of the client chairs and sat in it, dropping his slight frame as if he were no more than bones wrapped in clothing. He looked around at the office briefly. So, this is where you make a living, he said. What is it that private investigators do nowadays? Serve court papers? Photograph adulterers? You're talking top-of-the-range work there. I looked you up on the internet. You don't exist, do you? No web presence at all. Probably just as well. The sites I did see were a joke. Lots of photos of middle-aged white men trying to look trustworthy while wearing a suit and tie. We meet down the golf club and regale each other with stories about our wacky clients.